Jay's help is just like it brings a lot of relief to women because it, it helps you understand you don't need to torture yourself in order to live the healthy life. By being kind to yourself, you're actually going to achieve the best results possible. And I think we're inundated with so many mixed messages about health. Eat this, don't eat this. Eat fat, don't eat fat. Like we're so confused at this point that I think a good idea is to block out the noise. Yes, I've got this whole business going on, but being in practice with women, being face-to-face, really hearing their struggles and really being able to help them through the power of food, nutrition and lifestyle changes is the best feeling for me in the world. I'm a nutritionist. I can talk to you all day about what to eat and what not to eat to feel good. But I've always said from the start, your relationship with yourself and your relationship with food and your body is the foundation of a healthy life. You can eat all the greens in the world, but if you're looking in the mirror every day and berating yourself, you're sitting down to every meal and feeling terrible amounts of guilt and fear, you're hating on yourself. It does not need to be done perfectly. Give yourself a break. Actually, the healthy life is not the perfect life and you'll live a much more joyful, peaceful, abundant life if you strive for balance over perfection. Hi, I'm Jackie Mooney, editor of Women's Health. Thanks for joining us for the latest episode of Uninterrupted. My guest today is a clinical nutritionist, best-selling author and founder of a global wellness empire. When Jessica Seppel decided to turn her back on years of fad dieting and restrictive eating to study health science and nutritional medicine, she took the first step towards changing the course of her own life and the lives of tens of thousands of women around the world. After completing her studies, she founded JS Health, which has quickly expanded across the globe to include an online program, an app, a new vitamin range, all created with one simple purpose, to help other women ditch dieting and live a healthier, more balanced life. She's also the author of three books, including the new 12-step mind-body food reset, which hit bookstores in September. She's on a mission to spread a message of self-love and kindness, which is one of the things we'll delve into a little more deeply today. So Jess, welcome so much to Women's Health. We love chatting with you always, so we appreciate you being here today. And we've known each other for a couple of years now, so it's such a pleasure. And you were actually born in South Africa and moved Mm. to Sydney as a teenager. What was it like growing up? up there and what brought your family to Australia? Yeah, good question. But firstly, obsessed with my Tuesday morning with you, Jax. So lucky to be with you. Um, Okay, so we actually immigrated from South Africa when I was 13, mostly because of the crime in South Africa. And we also had some family members living here, like my aunties and my cousins. So really because it wasn't, my my mum and my dad really weren't, were feeling like South Africa was getting really unsafe for us to be in. And yeah, then we immigrated to Sydney. It was a huge transition, Um, you know, because when you're 13, you really um, have your friends, you're sure about the school, the high school you're going to go to. Everything's kind of like set at that age. And that all got um, completely (laughs) disturbed when we immigrated. So it was quite a big transition for me. And what what did you think about that? Were you happy to move? Did you not want to move? No, I actually was really excited, probably because a lot of my cousins who are similar age to me were living here in Sydney and of course Australia was this like beautiful place with the ocean and the beach in South Africa where I lived in Johannesburg there there was no such beach Um, and so it was a beautiful place to come to and obviously it was an no it was exciting but I think I didn't realize how heart-wrenching it would be. 
And what was it like when you did arrive? Would you have been in high school at that time? So my parents did that on purpose. I literally arrived and like two days later, I went straight into high school. It was my first year into oh, high year school. Seven. Year seven. They wow. did that on purpose so I could start my new chapter in a new school in high school. It was them trying to do good by me, but it was also really challenging because I had to make new friends. I, I was also going through puberty, which I talk a lot about in my books. And that was the start of my negative body image days. And when dieting, I mean, I don't even know how I discovered dieting because back then there was no social media. So at the age of 13, I became a chronic fat diet. And I think it was because of the trashy magazines promoting the lemon detox diet. Well, it's a factor. And, you know, when you're young in particular, I remember going through similar things. Do, really? You know, I, well, I think nearly every girl does, know. you know, being conscious oh, of their body growing up. You know, it's, totally. such, it's such an issue. And We and, get you know, scared of the changes, I think, that happen at that age. Like, you you know, you do get start getting hips and you do put on a little bit of puberty weight. And we, we don't – well, I think – young girls aren't educated enough on on that period and, and that's okay for your body to change. It does it just goes through a bit of a, a transitional period. Um but we're not really taught to accept that. To get, it's really scary for young girls. And I think I was just so scared. You know, I was putting on weight, I was feeling hormonal, my skin was breaking out a little bit. I was feeling really insecure. And I think it's important. I would love to educate young girls on that on that transition period and how okay it is. And um, JS Health, you know, I've gotten to know it and it is really such an incredible community. And I think what I love about it is that its sole purpose really is to support other women and Mm. really just spread that nourish, don't punish Mm. philosophy. And I think why I respond to it and many other women do is because A, it's coming from a real place of kindness. That's something you talk about a lot, but also this real nourish, don't punish Mm. philosophy. And just as you mentioned there, I think girls respond to it because they know this hasn't been an easy road for you. and, And you've been through many of the same struggles that they have. What do you think it is that we can do on a practical level to help mm. support them? Well, thank you so much for noticing that because Jay's Health, that is the foundation to nourish and not punish. And as you said, which I'm so grateful you said, because really Jay's Health is all about the community. It's like this place, it's a safe place where women can come and we've all been there with that, our fair diets um, and we come together and we support each other to a life of real true balance and kindness. And I think that's what I'm most proud of when it comes to Jay's Health. We're a community. We're there for it to support each other when we don't get it right all the time. We often fall, but then we come back together and we're there for each other. And I think Jay's Health is like, it brings a lot of relief to women because it it helps you understand you don't need to torture yourself in order to live the healthy life. And you can by being kind to yourself, you're actually going to achieve the best results possible. Um, so I think the best thing for young girls out there, I mean, social media really does make it very hard. And I think we're inundated with so many mixed messages about health. Eat this, don't eat this. Eat fat, don't eat fat. Eat Like we're so confused at this point that I think a good idea is to block out the noise. And that's my always my first thing. Like – I was being inundated with so many fad diets at the age of 13 and 14. It actually made me cut out each – because each diet told me something different. So by the end of it, I'd cut out pretty much each food group and I was eating nothing. So 
The biggest tip I can give to people is block out the noise of the diet culture and tune back into our bodies. The problem with the, the inundation of mixed messages is that we've stopped connecting to our bodies. So what works for me, Jax, is what is very different to what works mm. for you as an individual. And unfortunately, that connection has gone missing. And my Jay's health is all about connect to your body. Um, eat foods that make you feel good. And it takes some time to experiment with what makes you feel good. And Jay's health is and provides those those tools to help you to reconnect to your body. For example, just spending more time with yourself, mindful eating, sitting down to your meals and eating with joy and mindful, mindfulness and very little guilt. All those little things that Jay's Health provides helps you to connect to your body and to food in a positive way. And I think by you know, unfollow those people on social media who are promoting extremes and fad diets. Stop Googling everything. Stop following. I often say this, stop following what your friends or your family members are doing with their eating plans because that's different to what you need. I think it's so easy to be trendy with health. Health has become too trendy. I mean, mm. when I got into the health industry, it was at the height of the trend of the health world. Um, and now with my third book, all I'm saying is strip it all back. Keep it simple. I'm so over it. I'm even over it. The inundation of mixed messages. I sometimes feel confused. Um, so keep it simple and be kind. I think that's the best thing you can do. And I know that, um, you know, all that yo-yo dieting that, you know, you went through and you talk about that very openly in your book, you know, made you feel worse rather than better. At what point in your life did you really decide that's enough and that you wanted to make mm. some lasting changes for yourself? Mm, that's a good question because I, I can actually remember the moments. I was in my probably fourth or fifth year of studying nutrition and I was in my lectures, literally studying the body, studying food, and I had pan I literally had panic attacks. I would go up to the lecturer and say, I'm like freaking out. I'm so anxious. I, I can't believe I've been doing this to my body because I was learning about the power of nutrients. I was learning about the body and what it needs to function well. And I was treating my body so badly as a fair dieter. You know, I was a, a spray tan junkie. I was living off Diet Coke, cans of tuna, artificial sweeteners. Skinny was my goal in life. Honestly, as sad and as pathetic as it sounds, being thin became my goal in life. And to get there, I had to treat my body pretty badly. And so when I was studying nutrition, learning about the body, I was literally panicking. And that's when I realized, oh my gosh, I need to change. I need to make lots of changes here. Um, and when I started making those changes, and by the way, they were very small changes like sleeping a little bit more, exercising with kindness and in ways that I love, eating more greens and less diet foods, like tiny changes. I started feeling so much better, honestly. Like my energy started improving. My sleep started getting deeper. My cortisol levels, your stress hormones started like coming down. I just started feeling better. And I always say to people, get a taste of the healthy life and you'll become hooked. I always get people, just, just try it. And that feeling, and I know, Jack, you can completely relate to that feeling. That feeling is honestly the best feeling in the world. And so I started feeling that. And honestly, I always say there's a difference between being health conscious and weight conscious. I was weight conscious. When you're weight conscious, while I was weight conscious, I wasn't feeling that good. But when I was health conscious, oh my gosh, I started feeling so good. And that's when I started making more and more changes. I started letting go of the fad diets and coming to more balance and eating nourishing whole foods that I was learning about in my lectures. And I'd also get so excited that I'd come home and experiment with healthy meals and cooking. And my mom was always the biggest inspiration. So I was kind of kind of coming back to my roots, coming back to what I knew best. Growing up as a young girl, I would watch my mom cook the most unbelievable meals. And I'd lost that connection to food in a positive way for so many years. And then I'd come back and be like, oh, how good is it? And, and I don't need to restrict myself. Like, I started 
letting go of that restriction and deprivation mentality and eating foods with abundance and joy and giving myself permission to enjoy food. I hadn't enjoyed food, honestly. I actually haven't thought about that this whole time, but I actually hadn't enjoyed food for like 10 years as a fad diet because I was so afraid of food. Oh, it's it's funny. I really relate to that because you know how obsessed I am with food in a good way. Yeah. I love cooking. So it's balanced. my relaxation. Mm. I get so much joy from it. I can tell. This is macronutrients that you need to feed your body. It's so and important. They exist for a reason, our macronutrients, our fats, our proteins, our carbohydrates, our fiber. We, they exist for a reason because the body really needs all of them. So cutting out any of them is not a good idea. But I, in saying that, I understand the fear that women must feel around certain food groups. I mean, I was pet, honestly petrified of carbohydrates and fat for 10 years. And I feel like only in the last three years, and I've been in the industry for a long time now, um, only for the last three years have I actually undone that fear because it gets, it, you know, the diet culture really instills a lot of fear in you. Um, and so, yeah, I think being afraid of food is not healthy. And on that note, being obsessed with a healthy life is not healthy either. Because mm, that can go too far as well. Yeah. And I talk a lot about that in my third book. It's kind of orthorexia. I mean, it's it's this obsession with health, the healthy life, which is um, healthy to a degree, of course. I, I mean, I I get it. Like, I wake up so excited for my smoothie and my beautiful nourishing morning routine and my salad for lunch with my sweet potato and chicken that I'm probably having today. And I'm so excited, but it gets to that point where what happens if you go to a beautiful social gathering with your friends and your family and there's food on the table that's not perfect? You should eat it. And some wine, have it. And some dessert, try it. You know, it's like what happens if you get to that social gathering and you're so afraid to eat? I think that's really dangerous. Because mm, I've, I've re you know, read so many girls talking about that mm. and what a shame to, you know, say I went to, I didn't want to go to social no. gatherings because I knew there'd be food there that yeah. I didn't want to eat. And, you know, mm -hmm. we've really got to change that. Like you should be able to have a bowl of pasta, a glass of wine. You know, there's nothing wrong with that and you should enjoy that without 100%. guilt. 100%. Like I'm saying to you, this is what I say to my people on my program and in the app. I like, I'm like, go out on Saturday night and have that big bowl of pasta and a glass of, or two of wine and have the gelato for dessert. Like I actually am encouraging the Jay's Health community to indulge, literally, because it keeps them balanced. And they're very excited then to go back, not to their diet, but to go back to their healthy, nourishing, balanced life the next day. Um, of course, there are going to be consequences to eating the gelato. You might not feel as good the next day. And that's another way of being in tune with your way. But that's okay. And I think being – like I actually – being in the health industry, my life is literally based around health. Wherever I go, even coming here, I'm sure I'm going to be offered something healthy and my life is all healthy. I actually have to make a commitment to disrupt that and like literally make an effort to go out and have the wine. <laughs> Where's the have cheese? Have the hot chips. Where's the cheese? Like I literally have to because otherwise it gets too controlled. And I think being too controlled with food is not a good idea. And I know that you studied for many years um, for your nutrition qualifications and you were actually approached to write an e-book which became very successful and then obviously two books and your online program quickly followed. You know, you've got a, an amazing vitamin range now. You know, right back at the beginning, did you ever imagine that your wellness philosophy would be so successful? Absolutely not. Firstly, I was so insecure and so low and I was buried in low self-esteem at that point as a fad diet. I just, I really had low self-esteem at the start of this journey. So in, I just wanted to be a damn good nutritionist in private practice. It's still my dream, by the way. <laughs> yes, I've got this whole business going on, but being in practice with women, being face-to-face, -face, 
really hearing their struggles and really being able to help them through the power of food, nutrition and lifestyle changes is the best feeling for me in the world. I just wanted to be a nutritionist in private practice. I I didn't even think I could do that. Like that was my biggest dream of all. Um, Now I'm obviously so grateful because I can, my philosophy um, can resonate with a lot more people through social media and, and an online community. But no, I definitely did not imagine that this would be the case um, at all. And I was just, the whole time I was just being honest and vulnerable and real about my story and and it just resonated with people. And that's that's just, it just showed me like, wow, women are feeling alone in this. Why can't we talk about it more? And JS Health is still exactly that thing today. It's a place that we can come together and talk about our struggles, talk about the imperfections, talk about what we're, what was, you know, just anything that we're going through. And then together we can't, we come together and we support each other to live a better life. Um, and I was just doing that the whole time. I was just sharing my journey and my struggles and maybe offering a little bit of gentle advice as to how I was overcoming that. And other women were just finding relief in in those principles and that philosophy. And then I think that's obviously what turned into the books and the program and the app because my philosophy was resonating with them in a very genuine way. And I just, yeah, this was never going to be a business, no way. No, that's interesting and I think that is why it is such a special community. I think you address something that not many other people do in the same way is that you address the emotions around Mm. food and that's such an important component and if you don't have that right and if you're not addressing that, it's just so much more difficult. So I think that probably is why it's it's resonated. It's a safe place. Yeah, because it's not all about food all the Mm. time. I mean, I'm a nutritionist. For women in particular. Exactly. I'm a nutritionist. I can talk to you all day about what to eat and what not to eat to feel good. But I've always said from the start, your relationship with yourself and your relationship with food and your body is the foundation of a healthy life. You can eat all the greens in the world, but if you're looking in the mirror every day and berating yourself, if you're sitting down to every meal and feeling terrible amounts of guilt, and fear and you're hating on yourself basically. I mean the amount, I mean 80 to 90 percent of the women I meet hate on themselves. I was one of them so there's no there's no shame in, in hating like it's part of the culture we're living in but um, that you're, you're never gonna live the best your best life or feel your best um, if you don't have that foundation of love and self-respect and when you do have that foundation of love for yourself and your body, what happens is healthy choices become natural. Because you, you care about this temple so much that you want to wake up to a beautiful, nourishing morning routine. You want to have the greens at breakfast or at lunch. You want to say no to certain things because you just care about yourself too much. So when you have that foundation of love and self-respect, it all the healthy life kind of just flows on from that. And it's um, one of the most powerful things, I think, in your new book, which I was reading yesterday in preparation. I'm so honoured that you read it. Oh, it's such a great book. I would just really recommend it to any woman. And I think one of the chapters that struck me the most and was the most powerful was the day that you threw out your scales. Oh my gosh, I just just got goosebumps again because I remember that day so well. Yes, can you tell us a little bit about that day because it sounded like it was a pretty key day in your journey. I think so and it's so like it actually makes me emotional thinking about it because I can remember like just if you guys can picture this, I was still living in my parents' house um, and I was literally carrying the scale down the street. It sounded like you were carrying it like a baby. I was. I was carrying it. I was in my arms like this like a baby 
Dean was like, you are letting go of the scale. I was like, no, I'm not. Walking down the streets in Vaucluse with the scale on my arm saying, no, no, no. How am I going to live without knowing what I weigh? And then we put it into, what do you call it? Like skip a dump bin. A skip bin. Like one of those big bins. I, I literally know the house that I dropped it at. I was like, just in case. Okay. I might is, need to go okay. back. Okay, just hang on. This is this is like real hashtag oh real talk. Oh, my gosh. I was like, I know where it is. If I freak out tomorrow. I can come back. I'll come back and get it. Okay. Now that's an obs- that's like that's me. I've never actually admitted to that. So that was just shows the obsession I had with needing to know what I weighed because the number on the scale for and I say this because I know 80 to 90% of women can relate to me. The number on the scale determined my self-worth. If I woke up and I was happy with the number, fine. I can get along with my day. If I wasn't happy, no. My whole day would be ruined. So and that is just that is honestly what most women are feeling right now. If it, it can cannot be the scale, it can be if they stick to their calorie count, or it can be if they do a certain amount of steps every day. I just think, I, listen, we all need to strive to be healthy and well, but not to that point of obsession. Um, so that day was really interesting. What happened was, I I think, I, yeah, I was definitely still studying, and I came home and I was feeling really insecure, and I jumped into the scale, and I think I just did not like the number I was seeing. And I was like, how can this be? I'm trying so hard. I'm eating so well. Why are this, Why is the number not budging? At that time, I wasn't aware of all the different mechanisms the body needs to go through in order to find your best weight, your healthiest weight. And by the way, that looks different for everyone. And I came home and I literally, I'm not joking, I fell to the ground on my mom's floor. I was like, and Dean was home upstairs. He was living with me at my parents. And I said, Dean, I just can't believe this. Why? How can this be that I'm putting on weight and I'm eating so well and I'm exercising every day? Like I was just so exhausted by my restrictive diet and obsessive exercise. I was honestly on the floor exhausted. And he looked at me and he said, you are not doing this to yourself anymore. We are throwing out the scales. I literally was like, I threw a tantrum. I was like, no way. I was like holding onto the scale. I was like, I'm not letting go of the scale. It just needs to move to the number that I want it at. Okay. Just tell me what I need to do to get to lose weight. Um, And he's like, no, we're throwing this out and you deserve to have freedom. You're not – because Dean is just – like he cares about me so much. I was going to say, what a wise man. He's the wisest man I've ever met. He was like, Jess, I mean, actually, I'm just – I sometimes am amazed because as a man who's definitely never struggled with his body or food, how did he know that that would provide me with so much freedom? And I'm not joking when I say this. I think I experienced true freedom that day. Because there was, it was like I was in this, like, um, it was like I was being watched every day, you know? Um, and I just let, and then so we walked. So he said, like, you're not doing this yourself anymore. This is it. Enough is enough. Let's, he, I think he even said to me, sometimes I even say to Dean, you're my best, ther- you're the best therapist I've ever had. Um, he's like, I think he said, let's just try it. He's so smart. He said, let's just try it for a couple months. You can always go back. You know, he was so careful well, that and is gentle. A clever way to do it. Because if he had said to me, you're never like going to weigh yourself too again. Drastic. Too drastic. He was like, let's just try it. Um, and we and we popped it in. And I, I literally remember like saying something like it was almost like a little blessing. I think I was like, good riddance. Like, F you. <laughs> I hate you, but I'm but I'm obsessed with you. Um, you've got to go. I, you've got to go. But by the way, I might be back tomorrow. <laughs> 
And I remember even thinking, I hope that they clear the, the rubbish <laughs> tonight. <laughs> and did you find this like, hilarious. you know, you had the courage to do that, to throw it in the bin I, and walk yeah. away. Um, it was really scary. Did you really feel that freedom straight away from that point? I think I was did still make, a bit make a difference? I think probably the couple of days after I felt freedom like what? But by the way, I was very tempted to go buy another one. <laughs> I was like researching where, where to get the best scales from. Um, but yes, I think, you know what I always say to people, give yourself some time because when you throw away the scale, you let go of the calorie counter or you throw out the diet books, you're not going to feel an immediate um you don't always feel an immediate change. Just give yourself some time. That's why I say often in my program and the app, I'm like, give up the scale for like two to three months. Give yourself that space. You might rebound a little bit. You might eat more because you you like now have freedom, but that will balance out. So a lot of people say to me, but if I let go of the calorie count and I let go of the scale, I'm going to eat more. I'm going to binge. You might, yes, you might go through that transitional period because you've deprived yourself for so long, your body, that's why I always say diets don't work because your Mm. mind and your body rebel against restriction and deprivation. But you will balance that out. And then when you follow the Jay's health principles and you form a kinder relationship within your body, it balances out. It just does take a couple weeks. And what do you think were the really the main things that helped you in your journey to love yourself and to just see food as nourishment Mm. because I'm sure many other women might benefit for the same things. What were the practical things Mm. that really helped? That's a good question because for me I think it was a little bit different because studying nutrition Mm. really like connected me to the power of nutrients in food. I mean I I was literally studying, you know, how important um, (laughs) vitamin C is as an antioxidant in the body and then I was like, oh my gosh, I need to eat more vitamin C rich foods and I like discovered that broccoli and cauliflower had a a liver detoxifying enzyme, indole-3-carbonyl. I was like blown away. I was like, oh my gosh, if I eat more broccoli and cauliflower, will this help my liver detoxify? I was like... I was like, if I eat more iodine-rich foods, my thyroid will function better. I was like, I, I still am. It can sometimes bring me to tears how blown away I am by the power of nutrients, literally. And that's why we created a vitamin range because I believe in the power of nutrients. And I think that's what excites me most. Like you can see your passion for helping know, other people um, through the power of nutrition and food. And I guess that is what you do through JS Health. And, you know, looking from the outside, some people might think, oh, yeah, that's an overnight success. Wow. Mm. You know, but I guess what people don't see is the many, many years of hard work oh um, that go into these things, particularly when you're starting out. Was it that way for you, like, you know, pulling all-nighters and, you know, doing oh, whatever yeah. you needed to do to build this mm. business? It's funny that you say that because I intuitively feel that that might be people's perception mm. of me, of JS Health. Like, just to be totally honest, I can see that people look at me and think, oh, well, she had it easy because I was. I was brought up in a really fortunate home. I was well-educated. My parents put me through school they put me through university I paid I paid for university actually I'm paying for university right now (laughs) (laughs) Um, but you know I came you know it was easier for me than than an average person and I can see why people have this perception that JS Health was just lucky and it was easy honestly Jax I've worked so freaking hard so hard. And I, and I, you work so hard. We all work well, so hard. Well, every female entrepreneur <laughs> that I know does. Like none of this. No one I know who's successful. Um, I mean, my parents have an incredible, incredible work ethic. And I've seen, they've had, you know, I've seen what it takes. I've seen it. I've seen, I can, what, I can just look at you and see, you know, to be an editor of Women's Health. I'm just not, that's why I've, I'm obsessed with you. And I have so much respect for you. I, 
I can see what it's, I can't imagine what it's taken for you to be here today, you know, being the editor. And I know what it's taken for me. And there, there were so mm. many sleepless nights. I used to have, um, up until a year ago, I had a notepad next to my book because I was waking up at 3 a.m. every single night with all these ideas that were literally pouring out of my brain, putting them down. Then I was sleep deprived. And the next day, I mean, when our app was launched, I'll never forget, I was in pajamas for five days. My office was downstairs with my girls and I would just roll out of bed. I literally stayed in pajamas because I didn't have time. <laughs> and I just keep sounds working. so disgusting. And I've never said this before. And I've, I'm a very hygienic person. I don't, I remember like thinking, I just don't have time to brush my teeth. I need the app. The app was going through all this technical stuff. I was like rolling out of bed and just working 12 hours. I'll never forget the my dad. I, we, I mean, I am someone who always cooks dinner. And at nine o'clock, he like was messaging us saying, how's it going? And he's like, I was like, oh my gosh, we haven't even had time to have dinner. And he came and dropped us dinner oh, so um, nice. at like nine o'clock every night for the first couple of days when we launched the app. I mean, it just, as you know, it's there. I don't know. I don't think there is such a thing as an overnight success. No, it's really I mean, not. It's just, it's hard work meet, that meets opportunity often. I really took advantage of every opportunity. I, I interned at every possible health place there was. I used to like knock on Sarah Wilson's door. I quit sugar back then. I was like, please, I'll be your intern for free. I was working at About Life. I was, you know what I'm so proud of? I was a Priceline checkout chick through high school and now my products are there. Amazing. <laughs> so that's, that's really good. Amazing. But anyway, like I think I do have, but I work harder now because I love it so much. Mm. The same as you, I'm sure. Same. Like, it doesn't feel as, like when I was working for someone else, it was like every day. It was quite, it was hard. It can, can be hard to find the motivation. Now I'm so um, inspired by my work. I love it so much that it doesn't feel as difficult. One of the things I loved the other night at your book launch, you know, you can tell how close you are to your family. And I love that advice that you shared from your dad in <laughs> yes. tough times when you're like, just keep boxing. Oh my God, I'm my like, dad. I mean, my dad is the hardest working person. Like people, like he's actually known for it in the community. They call him like the Aussie battler. <laughs> Because he literally works, he actually works seven days a week. Um, and t it's the funniest thing in the world because you cannot pull him away from work. Like, no, you just can't. Like, it's just that he's completely obsessed and addicted to working. He always has been from a very young age. And he really, he, ca he came from nothing. So he knows what he needs to do to look after a family of five. Um, and he does. He often says to me, like, often I'll call him and I'll be like, oh, it's so tough. This happened. This. I mean, running a business is just problem solving all day. I always say that now. Like, it's not, it's all that you're doing is solving problems. And I'll call him. He says, you got to keep boxing. You got to keep boxing. I have, his, I have him in my head and I'm sure I'll have him in my head like that forever. Just keep boxing. I literally think about it because, I mean, there have been so many moments. I don't know if you feel the same of like not exactly wanting to give up but thinking, oh. Is it getting is, too hard? This is too much, yeah. honestly. Have you felt that? Oh, all the time. Like I think that's normal. <laughs> I can't imagine you feeling that though because you're such a positive, like you're a fighter, I feel. Like you don't let those thoughts get ahead of you but you do have those Oh, moments. occasionally. I think everybody has those yeah. moments but I think it's like you say – if you love what you do, then you just dust yourself off and you're like, well, you know what, I'm just going to start again tomorrow and you keep well, going. Whereas if a, yeah. you don't love what you do, you're probably not going to do that. Totally. And I think that's a good point. Like what, I always, what I've known in the last couple of years is that tomorrow will be better. Like today is an off day and I kind of like accept it. I'm like, today is, am I allowed to swear? Today oh, is yeah. shit. <laughs> Today is so freaking bad. Sometimes like you just want to like accept it and admit to it. This is so shit. Why is this happening? This is ridiculous. Like just curse at it 
And then I do know in the back of my mind, tomorrow is probably going to be so much better. And I've been struggling with horrific anxiety for the last couple of months with the loss of my best friend. And I've actually, I'm just taking one day at a time. And I'm like, if I'm having a bad day with my anxiety, honestly, tomorrow is normally a little bit better. So I hang on to that, you know. And so if you're having a bad day, anyone out there, anxiety, depression, just overworked, overworked. I mean, Australian women, we work so hard. I mean, I've lived in South Africa, obviously, and I also was living in the United States last year for six months in L.A., I don't know. I don't know. This is obviously just a bias. Australian women work harder than anyone. <laughs> I think so. It's I why don't know. we do so well overseas, I think, because we've got such a I good work so. ethic. I really think so. I really, really think so. I think female entrepreneurship here is strong um, and just females work damn hard here. I mean, they work damn hard everywhere, but like, I don't know why. I just, I'm, a, I'm very inspired by the Australian women. So if you had to kind of really simply explain your food philosophy, Mm. what would it be? Oh, I think at the moment it's like right now it's like the kindest I've ever been. It's the most flexible, realistic, simple. Honestly, that's how I would describe myself. I was saying it at my book launch. Like I was thinking about it when I was writing my my speech. I was like, oh, my gosh, people would be – because on Instagram and social media you see it all as very – it looks very shiny and glam, but like people would be quite shocked if they saw how simple I keep it. Like yesterday my girlfriends came over for lunch. I'm not exaggerating. I walked to the shops to buy the groceries. It took me 15 to 20 minutes to whip up a beautiful salad. It had all the beautiful macronutrients. Um, It was a pumpkin salad with feta, caramelized onion – Sliced up pear, did I say roasted pumpkin and mm, a little bit of chicken? So good. And it literally took me 20 minutes, 15 to 20 minutes. And I had, you know, a couple girls over. It was so easy. Um, same as my morning routine, so easy. Same as my breakfast, my lunch, my dinner, my snack. I just, I, I, in the car right now, I have leftover chicken, some seed bread, an avocado, and rocket for lunch. Like, it's so simple. Like don't – I think Jay's Health right now at this point in time is the most realistic, uncomplicated, kind, flexible approach to nutrition. Yes, I'm a nutritionist and I'm going to show you how to eat well to feel your best. And in my new book, I, I guide you through those principles, the most profound, life-changing principles that I've seen um, in myself and my community. But So yes, I'm a nutritionist. I'm going to guide you. But at the same time, it's a very flexible, very realistic. I think actually I wrote the third book thinking – because at that time I was in the height of the busyness of building JS Health and JS Health Vitamins. I remember feeling so tired. I remember feeling like I just didn't have time. Mm, so to I, make It was food. really good though. Yeah. And I was in living and also in LA and I was flying to New York for the Today Show. I just was like, what this is how does anyone do that? Like I, I really got a sense of the busiest female possible. And I mean, I don't even have children, so I can't imagine. How do people even fit that in? <laughs> and I really have so much respect for the moms out oh, there who are living the healthy life. You guys have to teach me one day. But honestly, um, it was such a blessing that I was in the height of my busyness because I got to connect to what is achievable and what is not. And so writing the third book, I was like, this is for the busy female who doesn't have time, who doesn't have energy and just and 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 still wants to live a healthy life in some way. So I think it's just a very kind and flexible approach. And I know the other thing that you really swear by is rituals and having, mm. you know, simple morning 
evening rituals. Mm. Can you tell us a little mm. bit about some of the, the rituals and routines that mm. you've set up that you've found really help you throughout the day? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that they might be, and I talk a lot about it in the third book, because I think they might be, um, they've, they, they've like changed my life and they're very, very short and simple at this point because we're all living a busy life. So my morning routine is honestly like 20 to 30 minutes. And I, one of my favorite things is I do not check social media until after my morning routine. So I wake up to peaceful life <laughs> without, because when we look at our phones, we're getting inundated. Not being bombarded. bombarded. Well, you've just had a beautiful, restful, peaceful sleep. And imagine the, what that bombardment does to your brain and to your body. You might not realize it, but it actually builds cortisol and stress in your body. And some people are wondering why they can't go to the bathroom, sorry to be specific, wondering why they can't go to the bathroom in the morning because their actual digestive system can shut down from the stress of the bombardment. So one of my biggest rules is no social media until after my morning routine. So as I start my day, 8.30, 9 o'clock, like everyone else at my desk, that's when I allow the bombardment to come. My dad actually taught me that rule. And then I have a very short morning, like I do a workout of some sort, whatever I'm feeling like yoga, walking, strength training. I mix it completely up. I literally just tune into my body. And then I have a JS Health breakfast. It's a normally 30 to 40 minute morning routine, have my day. And then my nighttime routine, I'm very, very strict. So honestly, and I, it's different for everyone because I don't have children, but I switch every single piece of technology off by 7, 30, 8 o'clock. I post my last Instagram or my last social media story, Instagram story. I do my last emails. Everyone knows I'm pr pretty much uncontactable from 8 p.m. Dean's phone is on if anyone needs me urgently. Um, and I have a beautiful – Dean and I go for a night walk most nights, just 20 minutes. And for all of you guys out there who struggle to find time to exercise – all you need to do, the research is showing 30 minutes of a walk, 30 minute walk a day is all you need. So you can even break that up 15 minutes in the morning, 15 minutes in the evening. So we do a 15 minute walk either before or after dinner. I make a very quick JS Health dinner, normally a one pan, as you got, as you know, actually the whole, all the book three recipes are all one pans because it's pretty much all I make these days. I literally add the protein, the veggies, the rice, whatever it might be, quinoa, all to a pan and bake it. Goodbye. I'm not interested in cleaning so up. Easy. I'm not interested in all this complicated mess and it's all on one pan put it into the baking put it into the oven there's my dinner and everything's switched off and then it's like about calming my mind and body for a peaceful sleep but people are wondering why they can't fall asleep why they're struggling with insomnia or why they're having disrupted sleep it's all about it's not about just I, I just think it's unfair for nutritionists to scream at you get eight hours of sleep it's actually about what you're doing prior to that that's going to help you to sleep and get good the, quality sleep exactly too. I reckon the two like it was interesting on Saturday night or whenever it was Sunday night Dean was watching the rugby and I'm come from a girl a family of girls so I'm not the biggest sports person sorry everyone but I was sitting there watching and I got a little bit bored. I was listening to podcasts, actually. <laughs> and then I started scrolling a little bit on the phone. And it was really interesting because I hardly ever do that. In the and evening. I, yeah, I was yeah. scrolling. I was looking. I was Googling. I was on Instagram a little bit. And I noticed I had a much worse sleep that night. And I was, I'm sure it was because of the light. And also, not just the light, the inundation of stuff. I was, like, watching everyone's Instagram stories. I was looking at this thing on Google. I was, like, looking at that travel. It was just too much for my brain. I think we've got to realize you want to slow down and set the time for yourself. That looks different for everyone. It might be 9 p.m. for you. It might be 8 p.m. for me. It's time to slow down and prepare the body for rest. You've had a acknowledge that you've had probably a really busy, productive day. Most people do. And then it's time to shut down. And I know you mentioned before, you know, things like stress hormones and mm. gut health. And I think these are two of the topics that yeah. um, women in particular are talking about. And mm. I know the women's health audience is talking about. Why is gut health 
so important for our overall well-being and and how as women can we improve our mm. overall gut health? Very good question. But also um, what what I remember looking at when I was studying is that people with um, IBS, which is irritable bowel syndrome or gut issues, um, have higher stress levels, they have higher cortisol levels. So my number one tip is always how stressed are you? It's literally mm. my first question when I, when I see people really undergoing big gut issues. I'm like, are you stressed? And you might not even realize it sometimes. You really want to, um, I think when it comes to stress, I talk about this in the book too, you want to identify your stresses, your stressors. Like where is it coming from? Is it emotional? Is it coming from work? Um, sometimes you can even raise your cortisol levels with ca- too much caffeine. Um, so Number one with gut health is reduce stress. Number two probably is to obviously feed the good bacteria and that really can just be done with a high um, or a nutrient-dense whole food diet and removing those foods that feed the bad bacteria. For example, refined sugar and alcohol, they feed the bad bugs, whereas our greens and our beans and our, um, you know, all the legumes, our fruit, our vegetables, protein. I mean, for example, protein, we have one of my favorite amino acids, glutamine, helps to repair the gut lining. A lot of people, a lot of vegans used to come and see me with gut issues. And it's probably because they weren't getting those amino acids that help to repair the gut lining. So all of our macronutrients are so important. And of course, another, a very underrated food group is fiber. Mm. Fiber actually feeds the good bacteria in our gut. So fiber-rich foods are your dark leafy greens, your beans, um, your legumes, your nuts, your seeds, oats, flaxseed, chia seeds, all of these beautiful foods feed the good bacteria. But also, of course, as you know, helps to let helps to move the waste through our colons. So you really want to get fiber into your diet. And I think with the low-carb diet movement, people are not getting in enough fiber. I even I, I definitely wasn't getting enough fiber. So I make a big effort to do that. And you can just add like, I try to do like two or three tablespoons of chia seeds or ground flaxseed into my breakfast and I'm getting a big hit of fiber, especially in the morning or into my smoothie. Oats is another great food for that's high in fiber. So gut health, you want to feed the good bacteria. You want to probably, if you're really struggling, you want to see a practitioner and probably take a probiotic under the guidance of a practitioner. I've seen it make an enormous difference to people. And in the spirit of keeping it simple, like you say, there was just a couple of really key nutritional changes um, that you would advise a busy woman to make. Mm. What would they be? Mm, I think a little bit of prep. So I say one to two hours of prep on a Sunday or Monday. I talk a lot about it in the JS Health Philosophy and the books and the program. If you can, like, what I do is on a Sunday or Monday, I go to the, I make sure I have all my staples in my fridge and my pantry. And then for the first, and I just try and get enough for the first at least three to four days of the week. So from like Sunday to Wednesday, I'm prepped. So I have you can look at the Jay's Health app for a nice menu or just think of the foods you're probably going to make. But when you get the hang of the healthy life, you kind of have your go-tos. I'm sure, Jax, you have the same. Like for me, Monday night, I'm always doing a one pan. Tuesday, I might do some soup. And maybe the, I often do the Jay's Health chicken schnitzel with some veggies and sweet potato. Like I kind of just know our, Dean and I, our favorite meals. And then I buy that for the first couple of days. And then I always make sure I have my staples. So my olive oil, my garlic, my lemon juice, um, my almond milk for my smoothies, like all the, my organic eggs, some cheese in the fridge, like all my favorite go-to staples, my seeds, my nuts in the fridge, ready to go. So it just sets me up for the week. So I think it's a little bit of prep, 
just having an idea of your your breakfast, lunch and dinner and your snacks, like having some snacks in the fridge or freezer really does help me personally because it's those moments that we don't have access to those healthy snacks Mm. at the vending machine. Snacks can be an issue. Like I think a lot of women get the healthy breakfast, lunch, dinner thing, but where so many women and men probably too fall down is is the snacking. Oh, I can give you lots of ideas you are right now. Oh, absolutely. It was so funny. I was in the store yesterday and a friend came up. She's like, I'm so happy I can see because she knows I'm a nutritionist. And she's like, I'm so happy I've seen you. Tell me where the healthy snacks are. So what I, okay, so this is what I pointed out to her. Carrots and hummus, these delicious seed crackers that I get, Obika from Woolworths with hummus or some cheese, really healthy snack. You can do a J's Health Protein Smoothie. You could do some Greek yogurt with cinnamon and berries, one of my favorites. You could make J's Health Protein Balls. You can get a delicious whole food bar, like they're a bar called Macro Bars that I love and Raw Rev that on my busy days, like today, are in my bag because I know I might not have time and sometimes there'll be a meal if I really don't have time. Obviously, just a handful of raw nuts and seeds, green apples sliced up with some cinnamon and almond butter. I could go on. And if you had to give women sort of one advice about their health, mental or physical, Mm. what would that be? Oh, rest is underrated. Mm, So true. Slow down. I think we feel guilty when we rest. I know I come, my mom is someone who's just like the biggest, most, she's just the most productive person on earth. She just has never rested in her life. She doesn't believe, she believes like sleep when you're dead, you know. But for me, I think for my body, for my mind, I have a very, very busy mind. I'm sure you can relate. Um, for me, it's really about, it's very hard for me, but slowing down, making sure I rest lots, making sure I sleep more. Um, I, sometimes I need to exercise less you know, um, really scheduling, carving out that time to decompress. I think we're living seriously chaotic lives and social media doesn't help because if we're not, you know what I always say, if we have a minute to lie down in our beds and rest, what do we do? Scroll on the phone. Yeah. Yeah. That's not restful. Sorry. And that is actually, you've got to think of your brain. It's not just your body resting. Can you, how are we going to give our minds a rest and being on social media and scrolling does not let your mind rest. So I say to people, it's called the J's Health Stress-Free Zone, 10 to 20 minutes away from your phone, legs up against the wall, have a shower, have a bath, go for a walk around the block in nature, read a book, just 10 to 20 minutes. If You will not believe how different you feel after those 10 to 20 minutes. Oh, it's true. I mean, I have been trying to have more rest lately because I've been doing a lot of running because yeah. I love running. Yeah. I love fitness. But then you want to counterbalance it. Totally. Counter- and, you know, yeah. I've been smashing it fitness-wise because I've got some events coming up. But I on the weekend it. just gone, I did not do any exercise. Good for you. Because I'm like, you know what? And did you the feel- body needs to rest and I'm just going to watch Netflix love and it. not do anything. And, and how I good think, you feel today? Oh, so good. And, you know, went back to running today. But just having that break and yesterday – I was going to go for a run. I just went for a walk. Oh, that's so, so gorgeous. And did you that... feel did you feel guilt? No. No, because no, I don't feel like running. So I'm just going to go for but a walk. But see that's just that is just that is that to me is the essence of the healthy life being in tune with your body. So yesterday afternoon I was getting a little bit too lazy through the weekend. I was like doing nothing and then it came like 3 to 4 p.m. I was like, oh, my body needs to move. So I went out onto my garden and did a yoga practice. And that was spare of the moment. I didn't even have a yoga mat at home because I took them all to my office. I used Actually, I saw you yeah. using a towel. And then my neighbor, did you see my neighbors yeah, came, came and joined, joined me? In. So cute. So cute. Um, I hope my children will practice yoga with me. <laughs> <laughs> um, but really, like, 
I was just like, that was like, I was so, I'm very proud of myself in that way when, because I was such a, I was a chronic fat diet and a chronic, when normally when you're a chronic fat diet, you're also a chronic over-exerciser. And I was so not in tune with my body. I was like going to my spin class five, five days a week. I was running, you know, I was so strict. And I was just so proud of myself yesterday. I was like, actually, I really feel like yoga today. I was like, feel like my body was, you know, like just the way your body craves a run or craves a walk. I was craving like that, that yoga movement. I was, and then I was craving a nature walk afterwards. Like I was so in tune, and I was. I just think to me, that's the essence of a healthy life. Yeah, we've talked about so many things, <laughs> so many today. Um, you know, if you could go back in time and, and give some advice to the fourteen-year-old Jess, mm. what would you say? Oh, it does not need to be done perfectly. Give yourself a break. Actually, the healthy life is not the perfect life and you'll live a much more joyful, peaceful, abundant life if you strive for balance over perfection. And, you know, we all have highs and lows in life and, you know, tough times and good times. Mm. What do you think have been some of the biggest challenges and some of the biggest lessons Mm. of the last few years for you? Honestly, this year has been my most trans transformational year for me personally because I lost my best friend to suicide in December. I'm very open about it because I've had a big wake-up call and about the importance of mental health. And bec- and after um, her death, I suffered with my own anxiety and PTSD and trauma. And so I really understand how debilitating it can be. And what it's done for me, which I'm grateful for, it's absolutely shifted my entire perception of life. <laughs> like before, I probably was too career-driven and and driven by the goals and driven by the next step and the next step and the next step. You know, we also focus on the next step of life, next step of this, more of this, more of that. Like I am just so grateful for the days that I have a peaceful mind. Those little things like waking up with Dean and like morning cuddles. I was saying this on Instagram the other day and just coming downstairs and making a cup of tea. I can't, it sounds a little bit corny and annoying, but like the smallest things a hundred percent make me the happiest. It's not those big grand, like a lot lot of people have been saying, how do you feel another book out? Like for some reason it doesn't feel as good as it might look launching a third book. Um, For me, it's really those little things in my everyday life, like going to my office after this and seeing my staff and the building of JS Health. I'm sure you feel the same with Women's Health. Like those little things every day, just coming together and building something special makes me so happy. Spending time with my family, doing little things like with Dean, like we just lately we're just going for a night walk every night because it's starting to um, get warm again. I just think I think really the smallest things really do make you the happiest. Mm, and, and I really appreciate you mentioning that. And, you know, you have been very open about the struggles of the past mm. few years. And, you know, these issues, you know, they've touched me and people that I know and oh, get emotional oh, now. Like oh, some of your posts we're both have crying. just been, but no, it's, I mean, I really do appreciate you because I know that it's not easy to talk about these I things know. and it's been, you know, quite a difficult time mm. recently. And so I'm personally so grateful to you Aww, for talking about thanks, this Jack. because, yeah, it's touched a lot of people that I'm very close Aww. to and I know how hard it can be. So mm. if we can have this conversation today wow. yeah. and talk about this, I if one so. person knows, hey, I can reach out and ask for help, well, I think that Aww. that is so important. And so thank you for there. sharing. Aww, thanks, Jax. We're both like tearing down over here. <laughs> I actually just feel like I want to say to everyone out there, you are not alone. Like really, like I know it's that 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 um, sentence is so – it's almost – Oversaid, but really, like you are not alone. And I, I actually felt quite alone with my struggles this year. I was like, how am I? How is this possible that I am like debilitated with anxiety that I can't work? 
and I felt so ashamed about it. I really, really did. And I'm not someone who's ever actually experienced that before. But like when I started speaking about it a little bit and I still haven't even spoken about it nearly to the degree that I probably should be because I'm still a little bit ashamed about it. Um, the amount of women who reached out and said, oh, my gosh, like I can relate. I can resonate. And like we we – we don't need to be always so strong <laughs> as women. Like we can be strong as much as we can be strong, but there are going to be times in life where you just can't be. And I think that's okay too. And um, I think you talking about it and also, you know, Osha's book has, you know, oh, had a yes. very big impression on me as well. And I think, you know, somebody that, um, you know, has people very close to me that live with anxiety and depression and mental health issues it really helped me understand what it's like inside their own mind. I and I think that unless, um, you know, you've been through that yourself, it can be very difficult and to understand. So you sharing and Osha sharing in that way, I think it's so valuable to understand what it can be like. I, and also for the people around, like my husband at, isn't someone who's really ever struggled with anxiety. So it's very important for me to be honest with him so he can support me. Like mm. I mean, if you're saying that you've lived with people also who've struggled with anxiety and depression, it's it's hard for you. Yeah, well, it is. As the partner, it can be a different very set hard. of challenges. I've realised so that too. It's like, important for us to all talk about it I know. on both sides. And Dean, like it helped Dean to know that um, like when I was in therapy, I even got Dean to come to a few sessions so the therapist could explain to him like how common this is and how like – it helped him understand my condition, you know, and it's just I think that's another that's something I've that's another thing I've learned this year is like what about those people who have to support those the support who people. are struggling, the support people and the strong people like Dean is that, I'm, and I feel like you're a little bit the same. Like you're that strong person, and we you're the you're the caretaker. You give your all your love and your care and your energy to those to look after them, but that can also really break you down. So you've got to, you know, and that's true, it can be very difficult. Yeah. You've got to look after yourself as well and take that time for yourself. But I think it's people like you that are helping to change the conversation and beautiful Sam Frost who's been on our cover and talking about these things. She's amazing. If we can all as a society have this conversation mm. so that people know that they're not alone, like I just think this is so valuable. So it's I one think... of the reasons I love you so much. Oh, so thank you, you for too. talking about Thanks, this. Thanks, Jax. I think that was so powerful. I think that was really a beautiful conversation. Thank you. Well, look, we have loved having you here today and, you know, we've talked about so many things. If there's, you know, one thing you would want to leave our listeners with today, what would it be? Honestly, be kind to yourself. Whatever it is you're going through, whatever sort of diet you might be on right now, whatever you've put onto yourself today, try and be a little bit kinder. Well, look, Jess, I think that is great advice for everyone to take away. I've absolutely loved talking to you today. Oh, we can sit too. here and talk we for hours it. and hours, <laughs> um, but we besties, won't. We'll besties. have to get you back again and yes. we'll, we'll do another chat. But thank you I'd for giving so much of your yourself for the benefit of others. And we've absolutely loved having you oh, here. Thanks, Jax. Thanks so much for listening today. Hope you enjoyed it. We'll be back with our next episode very soon. In the meantime, got someone you'd love to hear from on our podcast? Then don't hold back. Get in touch with us and let us know who they are via the Women's Health website. The health advice contained in this episode is of a general nature. If you're concerned about any issues, see a health professional. If you feel affected by any of the issues raised in this podcast, help is available. Call Lifeline on 13 11 14. Contact Beyond Blue on 1300 22 46 36 or beyondblue.org.au
and the Butterfly Foundation at thebutterflyfoundation.org.au.